0: And so, the last several weeks, uh, if you've not been with us and you've been out for a while, been gone or sick, or maybe you're here for the first time today, welcome. Um, We've been uh, involved in this series called Ready, uh, and Ready has been all about where God continues to call us as a church and lead us as a church, and um, we've been talking about This one primary verse, and uh, if uh, you haven't memorized, you can close your eyes. But for everybody else, uh, let's open up. Let's read this verse. This has kind of been our theme verse, uh, 2 Timothy 2.21. It with me, if you would, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house and ready for every good work. We've been talking about how we, we are to be people that are be, to be suitable and to be fit and, and, and ready for the good work that God has for us. And what we know is that if Jesus is our motivation and Jesus, Jesus is our source and Jesus is our guide in that, it is, it is a good work. It is a good work. And God's going to do what he wants to do with that. But we have to be available for that. We have to be positioned. We have to be prepared. Last week I began to share about, uh, share a new mission statement here at ECOB, uh Sharing life and sharing Christ. Sharing life and sharing Christ. With me. Sharing life and sharing Christ. One more time. Sharing life, sharing Christ. I don't think it's anything new. I didn't have to spend hours in prayer to come up with some new concept. It's not a new concept. It's what we see in Scripture over and over and over again. Last week, I talked about four relationships that we as a church have to create the culture here if we want to be able to move to what I believe follows sharing life, and that is sharing Christ. And those relationships I represented by chairs. And so the first relationship was chairs next to each other, not face each other, not turned apart, not connected, just next to each other. And those are those casual relationships, those relationships of discovery, where you get to know people. Where you get to spend time within this body, in this relationship, appreciating and acknowledging what God does, how he creates in others. How everybody's not like you. Everybody's not supposed to be like you. And there's beauty in that. Because when we learn about people and appreciate people, even when we disagree, what we see is a God who is so good. We see a God that is much bigger than we ever anticipated and imagined. And in that, we can learn to share life. Another relationship I talked about were these chairs that were together facing each other around a table, so to speak. And those are relationships of commonality. We gather on Sunday mornings and that is so significant. And I just want to reinforce that again. I know you're busy. I know there's things to do. We are to gather to worship Jesus Christ, God the Father and the Holy Spirit. And we're going to keep doing that. We're going to keep working at that. And we have to keep doing that because it reminds us of what God has created us to do together in in commonality. As we spend time together and we, we teach each other and help each other learn about what it means to pray, what it means to worship. Those relationships of commonality remind us of the beauty of what God brings together in his people. That third relationship is a relationship that often people run from. And it's a hard, it's it's two chairs face to face with one another. There's no table, there's no wall. If there is a wall, it's about to come down when you face each other. And you're, you're with each other. You're committed to each other and saying, I want to be accountable. I want you to be accountable. We are going to work together. No matter how far apart we think we are, we believe in Jesus. And that will break any wall, any bond, any barrier that chooses to try to stand up between two people who love Jesus Christ. And we have to be a church that does that. It has those hard conversations. And it's not about being right. It's about following Jesus. And sometimes to follow Jesus, we're wrong. I want us to be a part and a church that has those tough conversations, not because we're looking for a fight to pick, but because in that we know we're going to grow and we're going to mature as we look to Jesus together. Because we're not going to spout about each other and just share opinions. We're going to look to Jesus together. And then this last relationship is a relationship of missional covenant. And these chairs were lined up and they were linked. Just like your chairs are linked right now. And they're facing in the same direction. And those relationships are relationships we have to have in this place. Where we know we are together on mission. Which leads us into what we're going to be spending time today. This is our mission church And I I know what happens as soon as people start talking about sharing Christ. I I know what it does. It does that to me. Just because I have a doctorate and I stand up here and preach every week. You think sharing Christ doesn't scare me? Yeah, it does scare me. Doesn't change the fact that I got to do it. And I'll just tell you right now, when I talk about this and I pray about this and and I share what I'm going to share today from God's word, this is not, I'm not excused from this. The fact that I stand on this platform almost every week and preach the gospel does not mean that's my sharing Christ. Sorry, this doesn't count. What counts is when I walk out that door and I'm walking around this community in my neighborhood. That's where I am to share Christ. I do it here and I don't just do it because it's my job. But I don't count this as, well, I do it there. And so I really don't need to do it out in the community. Talk about the biggest line of bull there ever was. <laughs> if I ever do that, fire me. I'm serious. So I want to talk a little bit today about this idea of sharing Christ. Because I know what it does. I, I, I know the anxiety it brings. I know what it stirs in us. And I know it, it scares us. And there's a whole lot of images, there's a whole lot of pictures of what sharing Christ is. But I want to share a couple with you today that I think need to lead us and guide us as a church where our mission is to share life and share Christ. And I want to start with this passage of scripture today first. It's Acts 1-8, before we jump into these couple of things. This is Acts 1-8. This is uh, potentially a scripture that many of you have read, heard before, studied, whatever. Jesus says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You will receive power and you will be my witnesses. You know, as much as I read this, no matter what translation I try to pick out to fit me no translation says you when you feel like it will be ready to do it you when you reach that maturity in your faith when you've really walked with me a long time then you're going to be ready and you know what and 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 you, you really don't have to witness. You can, you can just talk about it when you're comfortable with it. it doesn't say any of that kind of stuff. And it doesn't say just with the people where you want to do it. It says Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth. Those of you who've studied this passage, you know what that means. Everywhere. Everywhere. The person next to you that you know really well and the person halfway across the world that you've never met before. If you have an opportunity, you are to be a witness. But, but understand what witness is. Witness is not creating this great big defense and this great big plan and all of these pieces to try to present perfectly. That's not what witness is. You tell people what Jesus has done to you. That's witnessing for Christ. I don't know what Jesus has done for me. Then let's figure that one out. Let's talk about it. Because you may be sitting here today and say, well, I don't know how to share Christ because I don't know that I know Christ. Well, you're in the right place because we talk about Jesus all the time. And we're going to keep doing that. And we want you to know him because he will rock your world. He will change your life. And you will not be able to help to share about him because all the things that bond you will free you in Jesus Christ. And nothing else in this world offers that. A lot of pretends, a lot of cheap imitations. And, and, and the reason I started with this verse, church, is not just because it's a familiar verse. I start with it because that's the why. Not because it's some new little push the church is trying to make. Not because some cute little new mission statement. It's because we are Christ followers as a part of the church. And that's who we are. It's not just what we do. It's who we are. What we do comes out of who we are. So I know, I I, I know, I, I don't in any way today want to be insensitive to the things that catch you up about sharing Christ. But let me say with all the love as your pastor, I can say, none of them matter. Jesus matters. No matter how eloquent you are not in speaking, no matter how shy you are, Jesus has done something to you. Praise God, he's done something to me. And the world needs to know it. Josh's prayer that he led us, we know more than ever. Friends, those things aren't going to stop. They're not going to slow down. They're not going to get any cleaner. And it is a reminder that we have a mission. Because even in Las Vegas, from Eaton, Ohio, we have a way to witness. Because I know there's people in this church who have family members who were out in that massacre, you may have friends or coworkers friends or family are there, and my uh, here 's my heart i don 't want us to wait until something bad happens to share Jesus. Things bad happen all the time, and no matter what the scale of it is, one person being shot and killed, or 58, 59 people shot and killed, the point is, is people need Jesus right here outside this door. And I don't want to be a Christian. I don't want to be a man of God that only responds to bad things when things happen. I don't want to go into super faith man just when something bad happens. I want to be a man of God all the time, no matter how good, no matter how bad, no matter whatever the world says is ugly or wrong. I know what's right, and it's Jesus. And I want to represent that every day. I went to church to represent that every day. We're going to respond to every crisis that we can. We're going to work at that. But, my friends, if we just sit back and wait, we're missing it. There are people dying right outside in this community every single week, spiritually, physically. So, I want us to respond to them, too. So, I brought some tools with me today. You know how I love object lessons. So, bear with me, but I hope it sticks. This journey of sharing Christ, no matter how scary it makes us feel, requires some things of us. I think it's probably going to be a little different than you think might require, but there's things from Scripture that I want to remind us of when it comes to sharing Christ. And I hope it kind of uh, knocks away any um, unnecessary or um, inaccurate biases about what sharing Christ is about. I want to start with this. This is my mag light. You got a mag light, guys, you know what I mean. It's a great light, great flashlight. And believe it or not, young people, flashlights used to be their own thing. They didn't come on a phone. It's great. I love my flashlight and my phone because that gets me in the door at 6 o'clock when all the lights are off in the morning on Sundays. This is a mag light, and and, and uh, forgive me if I shine in your face, but uh, maybe that'll help it stick a little bit, is that when you push that button... It goes off or on. Helps us see things when we're working. As we're working on something and we're looking down, and I remember as a kid, my dad worked on furnaces and he used to clean them and repair them and water heaters. And I'd go with my dad, and uh, my dad was the first one to ch- teach me how to use a flashlight, which sounds like a silly thing, but you got to learn it somewhere, right? And so uh, it doesn't go up here. No, I remember him used to just getting on me. Keep the light where I'm working. As a young kid, I'm like, "Woo! look at that up there, Dad. No, right down here. You shine on it because you can't quite see what you need to see. When we share Christ, there's a couple things I want us to remember a flashlight for. A flashlight is really important because it helps us see things that we can't see on our own. It brings light to things that even in our, on our best days in our most spiritual of postures in mind and heart and soul, we cannot see because we're human. But when you remember that you are a witness from the one who loved you, you see things differently. You know, this, this sharing Christ is about loving people out of the love that you've received from Jesus Christ. It's not just this add-on thing that you get. That you know, some you know, one day Jesus smacked hit this on you, and now you got it. You got the label. You got the tat. Whatever it is, and you just carry it around, and you know. That's why it's, it's not like a flashlight that I just carry around and, oh, I want light? Okay, I'm going to pick up my light and I'm going to turn it on. No, there's, there's something more inherent. There's something more built in because when you accepted Jesus, when the Holy Spirit came into your life at that acceptance, what happens is that you instantaneously, because of the presence of the Holy Spirit, you are now equipped to share about Jesus. You're equipped Because Acts 1.8 says, and a whole lot of other scripture says, it's not your power. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. But Dan, it's scary. I know it's scary. I heard a quote this week. Uh, Susan and I were at a conference for a couple of days and just uh, really enjoyed our time there. Uh, the Lord just taught us a lot. And One of the things, they were talking about fear. Don't remember who it was. And uh, ask Susan, she'll remember. Uh, but the quote on fear was that um, I've tried to stop getting rid of fear in my life. I realized that I have to do most things in fear. But what I've decided to do is I take fear out of the driver's seat and put it in the passenger seat and I let Christ stay in the driver's seat. Is that not good? Because so often we we think, well, I can't do this until I get rid of the fear. If you wait for that, you're probably not going to do much because a lot of things are scary that are good. The point being is that we recognize that there's something inherent in us. It's kind of like this flashlight, which is another reason to take it with you as you share Christ. That'll get your goosebumps up, won't it? Is that this light does not shine because Dan has pushed the button. Okay, it's not working now because I took him out. That's the point. It's it's what comes from here. It's what energizes it. It's what provides the energy and the source, the strength. That's why we need a flashlight when you share Christ because at any point, at any time that you think it's you, sorry, it's not. It's God using you. Here's our job. Our job is to be ready to click that light on and allow the the light of Christ to shine through you. So if you're there turning it off all the time, yeah, shame on you. Turn it on. Turn it on, knowing that the power comes from one greater than you, deeper than you. Look at this passage of Scripture. 1 Peter 2, 9, and 10. You're probably tired of hearing this, but we're going to keep doing it. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood and a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Isn't that sweet? Dan used a flashlight and he used darkness and light. What a quaint little preacher we have. That's not really why I use that scripture. This is why I use the scripture and the flashlight. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. See, what it reminds us of is that we once were without that in us, leading us, guiding us. When we forget What Jesus has done in us, which is easier and easier to do, the longer you're in a church, the longer you are a Christian, the longer you hang out with Christ followers, it is easier and easier to remember what Jesus has really done for you. You forget. You forget. I know we don't try to, and I know we don't want to, but do you remember how dark it was in your life before Jesus? And if you absolutely can't remember, you better be hanging out with people that are surrounded in that darkness. They'll remind you real quick. It's there. We have to allow it to shine. And that's why worship is so important to us because when we come and sing a song or pray it's, and learn from God's word, it's a reminder of what God has done in us and continues to do in us you want to learn to be more bold and stronger in sharing Christ, then you remember more often in worship what you have come from. That'll that'll take you there. It's not some big magical plan of of something you have to do or give. No, you remember what Jesus broke you out of. You remember the freedom of, You received. I hope it's fresh. Love people like Jesus loved you when you were still wallowing in sin and not saved by grace. Love people like that. See, that's not something that you get and you carry it around like some nice little Christian. Well, guess what I've got for you today? No, that's not it. People want to know your heart and your soul and you've got a heart to give. You've got a heart in Christ to give better than anything else in the world. Don't offer some nice little quote, some nice little pack. No, share with them your heart which leads to my second tool. Sharing Christ needs a ladder. I don't know, you know, five 5.8 and shrinking. Um, 5.8 and shrinking. You realize there's a whole lot of things that need to be done up here that you can barely, if at all, reach. And any of you, if you've ever worked on something where you, something is just kind of out of reach and you're trying to get to it to work on, oh my goodness, talk about patience testing. It's horrible. It doesn't matter if you've got the best tool in the world and you are just kind of reaching to get it. It's horrible. It's horrible. But there's this wonderful invention that if you just would have took a moment to go get it instead of try to do it without it, never done that before, is that sometimes, sometimes one step Make oh oh great now I'm six five it's wonderful. Some, sometimes it's another step. Don't worry, I'm not going to fall, and if I do, it'll be all right. I got a nurse. I have my own nurse- personal nurse, so we're good. Ladders remind us that sharing Christ is loving people personally personally because there's something happened when I when, when I come up on the ladder and I'm working on a project up here doing something when I get close to it two things happen I can interact with it better I'm not reaching and trying to trim that wire with wire with wire trimmers and, and pliers and trying to wrap and then twist that that you know, that little wire nut on a light. I'm not trying to do it, stretch, stretch to do it. It's right here. I can see it. And, and so I can interact with it better. And I can also see what's going on. When I'm standing on the floor reaching up and there's two wires touched and I didn't see the spark, I can see it here. That's potentially life-saving. Up close is good sharing Christ needs to be up close that's why people standing on the corner screaming through a bullhorn don't make a difference for the kingdom of god because they want to do it from a difference from a distance excuse me when you're standing in the corner and you want this person to know Jesus Christ don't you dare stay there You use relationships, the rungs of the ladder, to come close to them. Don't force your way. We'll talk about that in a minute. Don't push your way. Don't think you've got it right and they've got it wrong and they just have to figure it out. No, don't go with any of those kind of assumptions. You know the power of Jesus. You're not his defense lawyer. Heard that one this week too. You're not. Lawyer said that this week. I'm I'm not God's defense lawyer. I'm just sharing what Jesus has done in my life. But get close, get up, and get close and get personal, so that you can share your heart. Screaming, "I you need Jesus" does not open close and personal. You know how hard it is to hate someone when you're up close and personal. It's hard because you see you see a human being, you see a, a, a soul, maybe a lot like your soul. Get close when you share Christ. Do it personally and share about, uh, sh- share about what, what Jesus has done in you. You know, there are great plans of sharing your faith out there. Great studies, a lot of great writers, men and women who've studied it far more than I have. I'm not saying don't use that, but anybody who has ever done any of that in the past, n- we'll tell you, it does not work today without relationships. And what I would say on top of that, I don't think it ever did. I don't think it ever did. I look at Jesus. Jesus used relationships. The story in John 3. Who's Jesus talking to? Anybody remember? Nicodemus. He sits down with Nicodemus. He talks with him. He gets to know them. He knew Nicodemus. I mean, he's Jesus for goodness sake. But he took the time to sit down and get to know him. He didn't yell at him from across the room and say, you need to tell those Pharisee friends of yours just to get a clue. And you need to come over here with me. No. He, he sat down and he talked to him. So tell me about who you think I am. Tell me about what's going on in your life. And then you go right into the next chapter of John. John 4. Young people, what's the story in John 4? Joy got it right. Young people, those of you who went to Kansas City, what's the story in John 4? Who's Jesus talking to? The woman at the well. He doesn't stand on the other side of the well and say, hey woman, you need me. He didn't do that. He didn't just say, I'll carry your water. He did that. But he took the time because everybody deserves a conversation, right? That's what it is. It's, it's sharing Christ. It's, it's being personal with people. And that means you interact with them just like you do with that project you're working on up above you and, and, and near you. And it's not that people are projects. Don't go too far with that. The point is, is that we share about our life. They share about theirs. And what I absolutely know about Jesus Christ is that he has a place. A difference to make in their life, just like he did in yours. So I, I want to challenge us with something with this one. The last one I said, spend if you want to work on sharing Christ, uh, and okay, let me stop that. As you work on sharing Christ, I'm not giving you the option, okay? As you and I work on sharing Christ, remember what Jesus took you out of, And what he's done in your life. And when we think about loving people personally. Be ready to nurture relationships with people who don't know Jesus. What that means is you better get out of the church from time to time. Yes, I just said that. One of the reasons I, I love Etch and Etch Community now is we've worked really hard and we're getting there and, and Etch is becoming a beautiful thing. We're trying to bring those things in to, to a night of the week. And part of the reason for that is, is I don't want us church people in church every night of the week. Because when we're doing that, we're not out making, building relationships with people who don't know Jesus Christ. So, as, as you work schedules in your busy lives with kids and grandkids and all that, I'm just telling you, make time for this somehow. Invite them over for some lemonade on the porch. You don't have to be fancy. Invite them over and get to know them. Start working your way in those, up those rungs in relationships and, and, you know, I've heard people say, well, you've got an ulterior motive. You know what? My life is an ulterior motive. My life is to worship and honor Jesus Christ. But I want to be true and sincere about that. An ulterior motive means that you're trying to hide it and you kind of sneak it in on them. I don't want people to guess. I'm going to build relationships. They're going to find out probably pretty soon that uh, of who I am and not just because I'm a pastor, but because I love Jesus and I'm going to share with people about him. I, I, I'm going to tell them that. We got to do that. We got we to build those relationships. So I got, I got another tool. Anybody watch uh, this whole house? Love this old house. This old house hour. It was on last night. First show of the season, actually. Stumbled across it. And they have the regular This Old House where they're building and restoring houses. And then they have Ask This Old House, which, you know, then they work on little projects. And they do all the things I dream of doing to my house that I will never do, but I get to live vicariously through them. It's a beautiful show. And so, uh, they have this section or segment called, What Is It? Anybody know this? Okay, and they bring out some tool or something, and they get people to guess what it is. And the guys, you know, make some really ridiculous, downright dumb guesses. And then one of them explains it. So I have a what is it for us this morning, okay? I'm going to put it up on on the screen. Um, And um, besides Josh, who else does, uh, uh, does anybody, does anybody else not know what this is? If you do, don't shout it out yet. Does anybody not know what this is? Okay, you're like, yeah, it's okay, be proud, because I'm going to tell you. Does anybody know what it is? Who knows what it is? Josh's guess is a pizza cutter. That is one mini pizza you're eating, buddy. What is it? What's your guess, Sharon? Sharon's doing the most and everything back there. What is it? Nope. Good guess though, but I know what you're talking about. This is a little different, Jim. What'd you say? Yeah, it's a screen roller is one name for it. Okay, and it's got a, it's got two wheels and it's got a a concave and a convex wheel, and and what it does is when you um, instead of just buying a whole new window, you you take the screen out if it's ripped, and then you got to put it in. And there's that little vinyl uh, um, kind of cord you've got to push back into that channel fingernails don't work real well, not that I know that, but this little buddy does, and I've had it for several years, and you take it, and you put the screen under it, you put that little cord, and it's a great little invention. Now, those of you that didn't know, okay, if I I walked up to Amanda, because Amanda raised her hand, and I said, okay, Amanda, this is for you, sweetheart, it's yours, it will change your life, and I walk away from her. Probably what's going to happen is she's going to ask her husband. He's not going to know. And so they're <laughs> going to put it. <laughs> I love him and you know I do. He was proud in the front row in first service. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't know for I had one a couple years ago. But it's going to go in the drawer and it's probably not going to get used at all. Or I could walk up and I could say, oh, Amanda, I got you a screen roller. It's going to change your life. You, you go. I'm so excited for you. I can't wait to see what happens in your life. And I walk away. She's going to be able to now tell her husband what it is, but they're still not going to know what to do with it. Following me? Sharing Christ is loving people foremost with our actions. You see, when we throw things like any kind of church thing, Christian language we want to use, we throw that at people, and they don't see what that looks like, it will go in a drawer, or they'll throw it out. This has nothing to do, you guys know me, you know my heart. This isn't about that I don't believe that the power of God's word can change people. Okay, come on. Yes, I do. But, but what I continue to see happen, even though a lot of Christians will stand up and cheer and say, yes, we need to love them with our actions first. Here's the test. Do people know that without you saying that? And people look at your life and see that. 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who believe it is the power of God. Now, those of you Bible scholars, I know this is perhaps looking at this text a little differently here. But the bottom line is this. When people don't know what it is and how it is can be a part of your life, throwing it to them, with words, will not change their life, no matter how good it is. They want to see it in action, particularly in this day and age. That's why it says in Mark sixteen fifteen, go into all the world and preach. Excuse me, I jumped ahead. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Susan and I, on our way down to Atlanta this week uh, for the conference, uh, somewhere in Tennessee, we walked into um, a gas station that had, uh, you know, restaurant stuff in it at UCM. So we walk in, and pretty soon in, we saw this. Adam, I know we had trouble with it first service. Is it coming up? The picture? So what was it? (laughs) Oh, that was fun. Okay, we'll give you one more try. Okay, now. You going to drag it in? Power. Power. (laughs) This is so good, I don't want to miss it. Okay. Wow, they're pulling that up. They'll do it once I get going. Here's what I want you to take as the next step in terms of sharing Christ foremost with actions. Here's, here's what I want to challenge us to do. I want to challenge us, and some of you are doing this and you're doing it well already. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Let me let me set the scene. We walk in and this thing is like three foot high. And and if you, if you get rid of the stuff in the background, it really is kind of a cool looking statue. I mean, it's Jesus holding the lamb. There's a really creepy little lamb on the right who is staring you when you walk in. But anyways, now what's funny on the left is there's like a little cross and there's like a, a Dairy queen cup over it. <laughs> Not sure what the theology behind that one is. But anyways, so Susan and I walk in and this just one of those things that was like, Oh, and, and of course, then we're like, okay, what in the world? And both of us, we're like, we got to get a picture of this. So, we're, we're you know how you do, and... Um the public service announcement for Pastor Matt, whenever you do this and you want the bees on the screen, make sure you do it landscape, okay, which is kind of hard to do. So, I'm standing there, Susan's standing there, and we're like, click, 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 okay. There's a lady over in line, two ladies over in line, there's a gal behind Jesus. And so, I'm just looking at this thing, and the first thing I thought, it is divine, ice cream is divine, yes, yes, we win. I'm so excited. and And... Uh, but, but I'm looking at this and, and I have no idea and I should have asked why it was there because it really is kind of a cool statue just not on the counter at Dairy Queen and, and so I'm looking at it and I'm like what in the world? What, what's going on here? But it made me think of something and I don't know if it's why it's there I don't want to assume but it makes me think how we use things in our lives to try to share our faith for us. I love you all And I've done this as much as anybody. But wearing a t-shirt with the scripture is not sharing Christ. Wear them. Enjoy them. That poster in your office that talks about Jesus. Keep it up. If you got a three-foot Jesus statue, put it in your business, okay? Whatever you want to do. Here's my point. It's not that these things are bad. The point is, don't let that do what God intended you to do, and that is share Jesus Christ. So if you can wear a t-shirt, I want you to be ready to talk about it. If you're not, if, if, if not, if you don't know what the verse means, then don't wear the shirt, Okay? I can go on and on and on and, 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 and I've done this before too so I, I, I get it and I know and the point is, is is those things are fine in your life but if that's the only reason people know you follow Jesus and that's the only way you share your faith I'm telling you, you're missing it it's, only, it's not at all people can't tell what Jesus did in your heart simply by a Jesus statue and the Dairy Queen, okay? last one The most common tools. Josh, what are they? Hammer screwdriver. All right. Josh is batting 100 because he got that in the first service, too. Okay. If you have a hammer and a screwdriver in your toolbox, guys, you ever done this? I know you have. Rhetorical question. You got a nail, and that little thing, you just got to get it in there because it's a fastener and it puts it, puts it together. Oh, I cannot find my 14 hammers I have. Okay, I got a screwdriver. Whack that baby in there. Well, you know what happens. Usually, you damage the screwdriver, you bend the nail, whatever else. Or maybe you're a little more hardcore and you want to put a screw in. You don't quite have the right screwdriver. That's why God created this. I'm going to beat it in there. And so you start working at it. It gets in there. But what have you done? You haven't destroyed your hammer, I know. But you've destroyed the material and the fastener. The reason I want us to keep a screwdriver and a hammer in our toolbox as we're reminded about sharing Christ is because you can't beat it into people. You will leave a trail of emotional sickness and brokenness and spiritual brokenness behind you. Don't do it. Don't do it. There's a reason with a screwdriver and the way a screw is engineered that it works its way into the wood or whatever substance without destroying it if it's done right. The point is this, is that don't pound it into truth and to people. Now, here's what I'll say. Sharing Christ is loving people with words of truth. It doesn't mean we just walk around and do actions all the time and never speak truth. We do need to speak truth. As there's a whole lot of junk out there, people have warped theologies. They need to hear the gospel, truth. But don't beat it into them. There's this passage of scripture in Ephesians says, Speak the truth in truth. We should never hear ourselves saying as a Christian, well, I spoke truth to them and they just couldn't handle it. And so that's just, then there's no more I can do. Jesus, I've done everything. How about you love them? Love them. You see, what I love about this church is I see people doing this all the time. And I see you not doubting the truth, but knowing the time and the place and the situation for truth. I believe as much as any of you that the truth will change hearts, change people's lives. But we can screw somebody up pretty good by forcing and pushing and beating truth into them in a time and a place when we haven't even begun to care about who they are. Make sense? Keep, keep, Keep speaking truth. We're supposed to do it. You guys see a see a, a component. We're going to close up here. You, you see a commonality in all of these. Anybody see it? Sharing Christ is loving people. That's so what we got to do. This church. This isn't about adding one more thing into your life. This isn't. Oh, now Pastor Dan wants us to do this. No, you sh- It's not adding it on. It's being who God's created you to be. And every place you're at, every every extracurricular involved in, every schoolroom setting, every place in the community, in your neighborhood, loving people. And remember your tools because they'll help you along the way. Father, As we draw to a close and we gather together today to pray, God, I would ask that you would remind us to take these tools with us. And I would ask, Lord, that you remind us to continue continue to focus in on your word. As we close up, as the band heads up, one of the things I want to share with you before we gather in in groups is that I, I want to encourage you to remember some scriptures about the gospel. If you want to learn how to share Christ, then, then, then put some scriptures in your memory, like John 3, 16, 1 John 1, 9 that talks about confession, okay? There's all, kinds of, there's all kinds of great tools out there, but go to scripture and stick some of those in your mind, okay? Then you'll be ready. I'm going to invite you as I have the last four weeks, uh, five weeks, I guess. I'm going to invite you to stand. I want you to gather and just take a couple moments as the band comes out. And I want you to pray about how we can be obedient in sharing Christ. Maybe that's individually. It certainly is collectively. So gather in your prayer groups right where you're at, just a few people around you. Spend a couple minutes and then the band will lead us out. So stand up and take a moment and pray with one another about sharing Christ.